On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. It's cool. It's crisp. It's clean. Hey, somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat. Now he takes off the shirt. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Oh, and they tackle him at the 40-yard line. This is going great. This is Tall Can Audio. And we are off and running again inside another episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio. Wherever you're hearing these words right now, follow button, there's some deep inhaling happening, there's a thumbs up button, there's a subscribe button, there's a lot going on, hit on it, we'll keep bringing the good shit for you. Matt over here, Rob over there, everything okay, man? Yeah, sorry, man, (laughs) clearly the mic is working very well, because it was all nose, it was... Yeah, well, it's always a bit of of a mad scramble trying to trying to get this up and running on my end. But, uh, you know, a little grass cutting, which is more like cutting the dust bowl out here. <laughs> I got to water the lawn because it's, man, it's been dry. Yeah. But then I hit the pool, right? So I, I was. Like with the lawnmower? The yeah, with, with the lawnmower. <laughs> you know, over the head <laughs> into the pool. Um, no, and then I hit the pool, fed the dog, right? And so got in, got my beers on hand. So just. What you're hearing there is just my little Zen moment where <laughs> bring it all in, bring it all into me. That's and really, all. that's on me. I got I got Rob's level a little hot here, and uh, so his his idiosyncrasies on the other end are coming through loud and clear. So uh, that's on the producer as we continue to tinker here in the uh, in the Tall Can Audio Studio. We heard the crack, man. What are you going with today? I'm drinking. Bohemian Pilsner out of Imperial City Brewing in lovely Sarnia, Ontario. The Imperial City. Yeah. So I know you always it's the default for you, eh? A little bit of <laughs> I only got like Mother two, Mother Russia. You I got, got a little two bit jokes, of man. That's it. Like, <laughs> um I play them liberally. First pull on this, super clean. Super clean, as you would expect from a Pilsner, right? So had a little bit of a frothy uh foamy crack to it so i don't mind that again uh my my yeah my lovely partner was saying hey um we need to do something with the computer screen because there's beer on it a pile of beer (laughs) splash on it (laughs) so yeah i'll take that clearly that's uh that's a bunch of shows during the pandemic and i've been cracking beers (laughs) and the the ones that have a lot of the ones that that really sound nice to hear yeah, those are the ones that are are firing a bit of foam around everywhere, but, you know, it's the, the price uh, of the show, Matt. The uh, janitorial staff 
that works here in the uh, TCA studio notices that from time to time too. Like, you got a lot of good gear in here and a lot of splatter all around it. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. noticeable, man. But as you've suggested, it's par for the course. This is what we do for you, the good listener. This is it. Drinking beer. I need to, you know, have something ready to go, but it's cool. It's crisp. It's clean. Nice on a unexpectedly hot summer yeah. day. This was supposed to be one of the uh, cooler ones, but didn't quite pan out that way. Yeah. Go figure. Eh? The, you know, even the short range forecast, not worth shit. No. So. No fucking. I, no better than our predictions in here. The fucking yeah. better men out there. Right? Yeah. So, so uh, this is, this is bound to be, uh, I'm hoping it's a little less wild and wooly than it was last week. There was a lot of swears on last week's show. Mm-hmm. I, uh, Okay. I, I was fired up a bit and, <laughs> and and I noticed when I, when I get, when I get fast and loose, you, you take me down jo- with you. You sometimes join me. Yep. Oh, often. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a chameleon, man. Wherever yeah, the show is going to go, I'm going to go. I'm along for you, the ride. You are that way. It's true. You're good. <laughs> Thanks for supporting me, Matt. What are you drinking over there? So almost in the, I guess it's a little similar. I, I was just thinking as I, I poured this and I was taking the, uh, the picture for our, uh, our Instagram at tall can audio, I get irritated with the opposite of what you're suggesting where, you know, you crack something that gets that good, right? That loud. Yeah. You almost sometimes get that impotent. Flaccid. Right. But it's still, when the tab goes down, splashes up and over and you're like, you fuckers, right? Like yeah. figure out what you're doing and then can it to the appropriate level. Uh, apparently I'm now referring to block three brewing company as you fuckers, <laughs> um, but this is not an uncommon thing. I, my second beer here that we'll get to in a minute, maybe a couple minutes. We'll see how this goes. Um, from the old flame brewing company, my old man and I talk about this all the time that they just a little too much or something in it. Every time you crack one of those, it kind of, it's not a nice sounding crack, but it still spills over the top a little bit and yeah, it bugs me, man. Well, and that was whatever Michaela was drinking last week too. Or oh, not, that was at least out of a bottle. So that explains oh, the sound of that. Oh, yes, yeah. that's true. That did happen. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Because it was muted as well. Again, right. You're right. She, she did say that. That was a that was a, a bottle top opening up, which unless you're going to get that and then yeah. the clink, 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 clink as the, yep. as, the, sure. as the cap falls away because you're not, you know. Who cares? Wherever yeah, it goes, whatever. It goes. Just let it go, man. <laughs> it's like my uncle walking into a Christmas party and taking the top off a whiskey bottle and throwing it away, saying, "I won't need that again." Kind of, kind of like that. The old Christie uh, Christmas parties. Yeah, it's actually the Stewart. It's my mom's side of the family. All right, fair enough. Same, same thing. Still sounds like a good time. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this is from, as as I mentioned, somewhat brutally, the Block Three Brewing Company in Saint Jacobs, Ontario. Down by Guelph, I believe. Yeah, in that general neck of the woods. When I was going to school in Brantford there briefly, um, every now and then when my parents would come down to to visit or whatever, mom would occasionally shoot off to St. Jacob's. They had the, uh, you know, some of the... The Amish market? Yeah. Some nice furniture or... uh, That's exactly why I hesitated. I was trying, (laughs) which of those terms am I supposed to run with right now? If I'd have teed this up better in my head, I'd have known. But yeah, one of those two. The, uh, I think we went with Amish. I have no idea if that's correct or not, but they had some nice markets and nice stuff. You could go and buy some furniture, some, uh, whatever else was going on. So apparently now craft brewery in St. Jacobs as well. It's called the block three brewing company. And this is now I was going to have this on Wednesday night's show, but that would have been back to back shows with something heavily featuring the, uh, coriander. And I was just kind of, you know what? <laughs> Let's just, uh, 
let's just split this up a little bit, right? Like let's uh, let's change this a little bit. And so this is a um, this has got a little orange peel to it. It's got a little coriander to it. Again, it is a seven point three percent, and they call it a. I don't know if there are multiple typos here. Maybe you can help me out, man. They call this a Belgian tripel, T-R-I-P-E-L. No, I, I would suggest that that's not a typo. Especially I'm up suge- at 7.3%, right? They're obviously yeah. hitting something hard. I'm not going to, I'm not even going to pretend to know what a <laughs> tripel is, but I, I imagine that is a, a Belgian. The Belgians have been brewing beer the longest. They are the... They know what's up. The, they are the inventors, and so to me, they have all kinds of different shit. So uh, to me, this is—I don't know what it is, but I, I imagine that's not a typo, and I imagine yeah. that is ex- exactly what it's supposed to be. So Belgian Trapel from the uh, what did I say? Block Three um, Brewing Company out of St. Jacobs, Ontario. Home of the Hutterites. No, that's not right either. <laughs> Just out here waving at it. Right? Well, there was a guy, a good guy, good guy went and knew when I was in, living in London, Ontario. His last name was Herb, Herb, Herb Trucking, all those sorts of things. Yeah, you see it okay. all over the place. And see, like an asshole, like I always give you shit for, I always, I almost hear went, oh, John Herb, right? Like the, that's not his real name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it's, and it comes down to, we called him for years, Amish Sunshine. Right. And then I don't know, four or five years, four or five years in, he's like, yeah, I'm actually Mennonite, but okay. okay. So yeah, there you go. Still not, still haven't learned. And that's what 25 years ago. So is it weird between you and I with a couple thousand people in the background that I not once ever met that guy? Yeah, it's probably weird, man. Yeah, it's a yeah, little weird I, I, over all I, the I different would, things that overlapped or you run into yeah. people or whatever. Yeah. Not one time. Yeah, no, it's probably weird, but. He, and as a young guy, when I knew him, he looked like he looked like a young Patrick Swayze a bit. Hey, and he was a Before super he got all happy, shaky, and yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yes, all those things. Sorry, people. Um, yeah, it's and he was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people died. You know, <laughs> that's for our way back listeners. Yeah, like what episode uh, <laughs> four? Or something? <laughs> um. Yeah, he was super friendly, nice, nice guy. And then he'd get a couple of drinks into him and he'd be <laughs> like so many of us grabbing ass and whatever else and just a bit of a, yeah, I don't know, man. So, yeah, good guy though. Good guy. That's where they that's don't get where the podcasts term, in the Mennonite country. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, well, he then went on to uh, be a car salesman. Okay. But he was selling uh, like horseless or <laughs> no, Hummers, Hummers and Cadillacs. Look at this guy. And so that's where the that's where the handle came up with buy a Cadillac, give you a Hummer. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't find it nearly as no, funny as I'm you sure did. Right? He didn't. <laughs> wow. It's gonna take I badly need something else to come up on this show to okay. make that not the title of this episode. <laughs> yeah. Buy a Cadillac, give you a Hummer. There right. you go, right? <laughs> um so this isn't bad. I got a second one sitting here. It's a uh, smaller can. This is from a place that uh, I love to reference all the time, but this is something new that I haven't had from them. This is from the Old Flame Brewing Company out of Port Perry. Uh, a week or two ago, got to see my old man, which, uh, like so many people, it's been kind of few and far between seeing family. But uh, whenever I get down to to see them or when they come up, they often bring um, whatever's new or noteworthy from the uh, Old Flame Brewing Company out of Port Perry. Um 
And this is called, and, and we'll get to it later in the show, it's called The Little Things. And it's supposed to be a tribute to, you know, the little things that we've missed out on over the last year, maybe the little things that you're looking forward to as things begin to open back up. Uh, it's a German wheat, just a 4.5%, but just kind of a, something different, something new to try. Uh, small can here. I don't know if that is supposed to tie into the, uh, little things, Matt. Yeah. The little things, uh, motif, but, uh, that's what we're going with. I want to kick this off before we jump into the stuff that, uh, that we were going to talk about. Saw an interesting question on Twitter earlier this morning that I thought I would pass on to you as a guy who has been here in Ottawa a lot longer than I have. And this was being passed around as best patio or favorite patio in Ottawa. Mm. See, Ottawa is traditionally a shitty patio place. I, I thought that was going to be a hot take when I hit it later. If okay. You want, if you want to, to sit me, on Ottawa, a patio and get four bus routes of exhaust blasted into your face. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Ottawa leads the world in, in patios that go right out into a parking lot yes. or, or into a street. Yeah. Right. And anybody up and down Elgin, which has a nice bar scene. Yeah. You, you for sure, Matt. It's a, suck though. <laughs> yeah. I think you go to, uh, I believe it's called uh, Pub on the Falls. That's nice. Pub at Tavern the Hill. Tavern on the Hall. Tavern on, on the, at the Falls. Both of them, Tavern yeah. on the so Hill. Someone yeah. mentioned that in the comments. I've never been to either of those. So Okay. Yeah. Well, and, and, uh, yeah, it's. I believe that the tavern on the on the on the falls is over off of. Uh, you follow Sussex around, and it's it's a beautiful view right out there. Right. So uh, that's going to get my. I, I've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, not enough to remember the name correctly, but um, <laughs> yeah, to me that that's going to get my that's going to get my nod for the one on the falls. The one on the falls. Yeah. Okay. Um, out in your neck of the woods, there in Canada, there was a lot of people. Uh, dropping replies, Stittsville, Canada type. I wonder, I know you are still somewhat new to the West end or the far West, the boons as I often refer to it. Yep. Any patios out there that you've come across that maybe are a little less traffic? The stuff that jumps out to me is stuff that I don't really want to do anymore at 37. I think of the Byward market where yeah. at night, at least, the traffic slows way down and there's some walking streets. And at that point, they become kind of nice. But a lot of these places sort of, yeah, they kind of suck during the day. It's a ton of traffic. There's a bunch of buses and trucks and whatever else might be going on. Uh, what about out in that neck of the woods? Have you stumbled across anything in terms of a patio where you go, yeah, this is much nicer. This is a little quieter. This is all right. No, no, all there right. isn't. Uh, you go over to Centrum, right, over where... Um, Chris Neal's old place used to be the, um, I can't remember what it's called. It was just um, like, the, oh, now I'm blanking. I loved that place. The one time I was in there twice, I was yeah. in there. I got the old beer house or Yeah, it's like it's got a German sounding, yes. uh, but uh, the beer house. Yeah. And I think house was, yeah, H-A-U-S. H-A-U-S. Yeah. Okay, did you just say that? No, I was oh, okay. singing out with you, man. That's all. Yeah, um, which I think is closed. I think it closed during the ah, pandemic. That sucks. Um, but out there. You know, it's sort of, it's okay, but it's, you're, you're in a, essentially like a walking mall. Right, so it's, yeah. it, it's not great. Um, I think of, uh, would have been two summers ago now, Dominion city. I think I've referred to this before. They have a little, you got to walk across the parking lot, <laughs> but they have like, it's in a place where there used to be a drive-in movie theater. Oh, nice. 
And so they have this sort of slightly raised area with a paneling that used right. to be around the, and it's sort of, it's in amongst a, a group of pines and it sort of has lights strung above it. Like it could be Christmas lights or it could be whatever, but it's kind of, it, it, it really walks the fine line between cheesy. I'm in a parking lot mm-hmm. versus, Hey, this is kind of an oasis right. kind of a thing. Right. So that's Dominion city brewing way out in the East end. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I can't think of anything out here. I haven't sat on a patio out here. Right. It, it's it's rough, eh? Because there's a hundred places here in town that you'd think of like either really good food, really good beers, whatever, but just a bunch of really shit patios. And yeah, um, well, it happens and also, a lot. Also worth noting, I'm not a patio guy. Hmm. Even in the summertime, yeah. I, I, if I go to a bar... I want to get out of the sun. I want to. You want to be wanna, stationed close to the bathrooms. <laughs> and I want to. This is this is absolutely true. But yeah, I like. Uh, yeah, get inside. Little AC. Wash back a couple pints. Right. Uh, yeah. To me, if if I'm going to be outside, I'd rather be on my back deck or out in your pat on your balcony or something. You know what sure, I mean? Man. I'd rather be. Other than that, I want, I want to be inside. The one place that I would mention that was pretty nice in terms of view and atmosphere and stuff, but that I wouldn't go often to hang out was, uh, for mother's day one year, my sister and I took my mom to the Ritz on the West side of the canal. It had a nice little patio. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's right on the canal. Yes, exactly. And yeah. so you're overlooking it and you're kind of right there by the water. And for something like that, it was good. The food was good. You know, not much for a yeah. beer selection, but that's not what they're there for. Right. Like that's. Um, but in terms of that type of atmosphere is a nice place to sit down and have a good meal that turned out to be all right. And the other one I would think of is, uh, uh, Ty and Amy and I went once over to, um, Dow's Lake Pavilion and the bottom floor of that place, and it may have changed. I'm sure it has by now was Mexicali roses at the bottom, but they had another place kind of up top on their balcony, like a second floor. There was just sort of more of a a pub yeah. and the service there was awesome. You're kind of overlooking the lake and people are renting their paddle boats and kayaks and whatever else. And you're kind of watching all that go down, sitting out by the lake. I don't think like as a guy who grew up kind of like you, uh, you were living there. I was cottaging there and the Kawarthas, you kind of want to be able to run down and jump in. I'm not super pumped about jumping in the water there, <laughs> but in terms of a nice place to sit and, yeah. and enjoy an afternoon over a couple drinks, that was pretty nice too. But yeah, a bunch of the, the spots that I really like, like one of my favorite places to go for a beer is the Elgin beer project right there on Elgin. It yeah. sucks as a patio. <laughs> like yeah. it stinks. Right. And, well, it's, and a bunch it's of a them pa- are like that. Yeah. It's either the sidewalk now or yeah. it's like into the street. Right. Yeah. yeah it's it, they've, they're with, with all Buses the uh, and trucks and shit rolling by. You're just like the fuck this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's, and the sun's beaten down. There's no yeah. breeze or anything. Yeah. There's a couple of cool places up on Sparks as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I have, you know, out in front of Darcy McGee's, mm-hmm. right Three at Elgin Brewers and Sparks. There. Good. Yeah. yeah, so there's there's some cool stuff where Sparks is a is a bit of a pedestrian walkway. Anything away from the traffic, that's all this is, right? Like, there's right. a lot of really great spots here in town, but kind of overhyped <laughs> the patio scene a little bit. <laughs> well, they got a, you know, when you looked at it, people were lining up at twelve oh one last. Uh, yeah, it was Friday. one of your spots, wasn't it? Uh, what was it called? The uh, I'm gonna blow it, like Banditos or something like that. There on Bank at twelve oh one on Friday morning, people lined up like a block or two deep, just trying to get yeah. onto a patio. And that was one of the things in the replies of this thread, uh, which we'll share on our Twitter at All Can Audio, 
was for everyone who was naming a cool place, someone else was posting a picture that's like, you know, now that their patio's back open, here are the tables not properly spaced or here. And you feel for these companies a little bit, right? You feel for these places trying to make as much money back as they can. But at the same time, you're like, we kind of need this to happen right. Right. Like, yeah. Well, and for every one of those comments, there was somebody below it saying, okay, boomer. <laughs> yes. Or stay home, Karen. Sure. Yes. Stay home. <laughs> These sorts of things. Right. <laughs> it's true, man. So, uh, but it is interesting, especially since at least for the next few weeks, that's what everybody's going to be staring down is, uh, is the patios. And, uh, so let us know at Captain Blowhard at Talkin Audio. Hit us up. What's your favorite, uh, and it doesn't have to be here in Ottawa. And we got, uh, we got listeners all over the place. What's your favorite patio to hit up? We want to hear from you. And, uh, and what makes it good? Right. Is it the beers? Is it the scene? Is it the food? Is it what you're looking at? You know, let us know. Um, man, we got a bunch of stuff to get to. We're going to talk a little Blue Jays here. I want to talk about the, uh, the final four in the NHL. I want to punt that for a minute and just talk a little bit about last night's UFC 263. And I don't know, it, it, it was one of those cards, honestly, I'm on the fence about whether I'm going to order it or not, but I'm in the, the kind of group chat there with, with Bunda and Creech and they're both selling it hard and you know, he won't mind me talking now to school a little bit. Creech, Creech came home from a, uh, a golf tournament feeling pretty good there on Saturday afternoon and, <laughs> and then he was happily selling it even harder that it was, you need to check this card out. Um, the big thing for me and, and. I guess maybe this is still a hangover of a, of a time where I wasn't as invested as I've sort of become over the last year in the UFC. The main event wasn't wasn't selling me. And that's because in my mind, Israel Adesanya is still so much better than anybody else in that middleweight division. Yeah. You're like he's just going to walk over Vittore here, right? Like this isn't worth and it, they ended up selling me on the undercard, like that there was a bunch of really good stuff there, and there turned out to be. Um, so I was glad that I did order it. But the thing that I wanted to ask you about, I, I, I sent you along the video. I know you've seen it. I know you normally check out the uh, the highlights and the reports on these things afterwards if you haven't seen them yourself, was in the first fight on the main card, we saw Jamal Hill essentially have his arm broken off by Paul Craig. Um in a really interesting uh, finish, I guess you want to call it. Like this turns out to be a TKO. Paul Craig's, despite being the winner, is pissed off afterwards. He goes, I want that guy to tap. I don't want a TKO, right? Like, but at the same time, he's pissed that essentially um, Jamal Hill has his arm broken, you know, in the finish. And it's clearly broken. This fight is clearly over. Yeah. And, And sometimes in a title fight, in a really big fight, you let things go a little bit longer to see if that guy can find his composure, to see if the champ can defend himself. This isn't one of those fights. And Jamal Hill's arm is clearly broken, and you're forcing Paul Craig to keep beating on it, because until the fight is called, that guy, I don't know, maybe with his one non-dangling arm can get up and finish me or choke me out or whatever might happen. Um, I sent you along the video. <laughs> That'd be crazy. Well, seriously. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> the no, one I arm it. choke I get, until it's over. My good arm, and I'm gonna <laughs> flap the rubber one against you. Um, you know, the video is out there on Twitter. We probably won't share it. It's a little gruesome. I should say that after the fight in uh, in Dana White's post fight 
uh, press conference, he says that it was popped back. It, like, it didn't turn out to be as vicious as it looked in the moment, right? Like, it how, looked like how that. How is that possible? Honestly, it looked like that arm was torn out, right? Like, it was going to be done for a very long time. Um, it turns out at the elbow, they were able to largely... Now, he's still going to be rehabbing yeah, yeah. an injury and whatever. But it's not quite as gruesome as it looks. And and this is why this has come up a couple times on the show is we've seen some gruesome finishes. The thing I want to ask you about is where do we stand? How do we feel about this idea of he didn't tap, so I'm going to let, as a referee, I'm going to let this guy keep fighting versus, you know, your job is to protect these guys from themselves because some, the, some of them are just tough as shit. They'll never tap, right? Like I... Yeah. I wonder what this looks like, what this is supposed to mean, how we're supposed to read this in terms of, I sort of get looking at this finish, why some people will never get into UFC, right? Like that was gruesome and it should have been stopped sooner. And that's not on either of the fighters. That was entirely, in my opinion, on the officiating. Correct. Um, It's one of those things where anybody who has kids right? And you can hear them and they're making noise or they're yelling or they're crying, but you always go. And then you hear the sound of that's the breaking that, point. Right? That's or, or you hear the sound that like, Ooh, somebody's really hurt right. or I know the that difference in the, is different. Yeah. The difference in the pitch and the whatever else. And even just watching the video, you can hear that guy when, when, when it breaks. Yes. Right. And you can hear the sound he makes. That's not a sound no. that you hear often in an octagon, no. right? And and I think he's trying to tap. Yeah, uh, I can't lift is, my arm. <laughs> this is it. It's waving around ineffectively. It's honestly, it's rubbery. Like, it's gross. Yeah. It's gumby. Like, And so you have Craig who's looking at the ref. Call this. And I, Stop this. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure what you do, right? But the ref needs to know he is way more in tune with these things than I am. But he needs to look at that and go, all right, yeah, that's clearly broken. This fight's over. And that's done. Yeah, It's done for all the reasons you've already outlined, right? You need to take care of the fighter. And whether that guy's in shock, whatever's happening, you need to at that point step in. It's no different than a flash knockout. All right. You're done. Yeah. I'm sorry. You have – you. if part of my body is broken, (laughs) I have – I have not – I am no longer able you to. You and I, man, are at an myself. age where multiple parts of our bodies are broken. <laughs> yeah, well, some of them never worked. <laughs> and so at that point, yeah, you have no longer you you are no longer able to capably defend yourself. Right. Fight is over. And that's the whole thing. Like whenever those referees are mic'd at the beginning of a fight, they always defend yourself at all times. That guy is no longer capable of yeah. defending himself. That's on you now. Yeah. And those these sorts of things, you know, if you look at it. It, it reminded me of the F- Frank Mir on whether it was Big Nog, Little Nog. I can't remember one of the yeah, two of them. Yeah, I was at that fight in Toronto. Yeah, and that got broken. And and the Noguera brothers, you're going to have to break their arms. Like yes. these guys are grapplers, submission experts. Yeah. Well, Matty and Lang it, and I talk about this all the time because he was, he and I were both at that fight in Toronto. And and for those just to paint the picture, Frank Mir essentially. Uh, Noguera is on his hands and knees and Frank Mir is sitting on his shoulder with his arm pulled up between his legs and he pulls back far enough to show you it's time, man, this is over. And he waits for Noguera to tap and he doesn't. And he goes, all right, 
it's on you now, right? And yeah. he just breaks his arm and now the fight's over. And so yeah. I sort of get why people get so upset. This is so savage. Ah, the, you, you, that Frank Mir gave him the chance, right? There was honor amongst fighters there. Yep. This is the time for you to say, we're done here. And if you don't, and uh, Paul Craig said it again, uh, it's kind of, you know, it's on MMA t-shirts and stuff. Paul Craig uttered that nap, tap, or crack, right? That's where we're, <laughs> that's where we're at, right? It's, I'm going to put you out. Um, you're going to tap out or I'm just going to break it. Nap, tap, or crack. That's where we're at. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and, and the thing is, um, I haven't heard from Jamal Hill, but Noguera, the, the, those guys are, are warriors. Yes. And I think I think he was he was fine with it at that point. I, I'm not going to tap right. right as as a as a like I said a, a big time grappler mm-hmm. and and a lifer in the sport. I think he was of the opinion, yeah, I'm not tapping, so you're going to have to break it. Now that's a different story altogether, right? Yeah, I firmly believe that's the case. The, the sport has moved forward, and I won't say evolved because. Yeah, that's the origins of the sport. Right. We're going to go. All right. Yeah. What's going to happen here? I don't know. Okay. Oh, you broke my arm. <laughs> all right. But whereas most guys tap now. Yep. Right. You well, that's win. it. And, and again, we have a lot of listeners who don't follow MMA. The deal is that this is a business now. Uh, you can tap now and you'll get to fight again this year. You'll get paid again, right? You'll have another full training camp. You'll get back on pay-per-view in three, four, five months, whatever it might be. And it's a business. Or... That guy can break your arm if you don't tap and you're probably done for the year, right? Like whatever it might be, you're not coming back till December, January, February next year. And you may never be the same. Yeah, and so say, that arm may never right. be as it was. Yep. So you're fighting this almost, you know, there is that, that history of MMA in terms of that, that pride that goes into it, all these, and all those things still exist, but you're almost now also you're a pro sports franchise, right? You got to get paid. You got to feed your family. You got to whatever. He can break your arm right now and you'll be done for a year or you can tap, go, well, see you in October, right? Or <laughs> whatever it might be. Well, that's what yeah. it is though, right? Like of course that. it is, yeah. man. I just, uh, yeah, I, it's one of those things where, and, and again, the Nogueras are, yeah. are virtually, I want to say like originals, yes. right? In terms of guys who are around since, for sure before the boom of yes. 04, right? Yes. Like th- they were fighting in pride in Japan and, mm-hmm. and who knows what they were doing before that in the jungles of Brazil. I have no idea what's going on, right? But these guys are lifers and 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 practitioners of BJJ, right? And so yeah, the pride is probably outweighs any kind of contract or salary for yep. those guys. So it, it's, it certainly has moved on from that, right? And and I think for most people, they would say for the best. Um, speaking of a family of practitioners, I want to talk to you in a minute here about Nate Diaz. But just before we move off of this fight. I'm the best fighter in that fight. And you're like, uh, I don't know, I don't the, know, Nate. Probably the guy who won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, in terms of this particular fight, the Jamal Hill and uh, versus Paul Craig, when you looked at that particular finish, and it's cringeworthy and it's gruesome and it's all these things. Is that one to you that we remember and go, this is a sign that there's something still not quite right in this sport? Or is this a one-off that you throw away and 
you know, sometimes in a sport like this, shit just happens. Or, or is this one that lends credence to the fact that the UFC is still not close to being a mainstream sport? Yeah, well, we talk about it all the time, right? Yeah. When, when the afternoon television and, and whatnot. And and unlike in, in some sports where accidents do happen, right? Guy, guy trips and goes headfirst into the boards or, mm-hmm. you know, or need a knee in and into the, into the goalposts. Like eh, these sorts of things are, 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 you know, byproducts of, of those games. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're much more likely when, yeah, I am a, uh, a well-rounded mixed martial artist, but, but grappling's my game. The chances increase exponentially that, you know, when I put, you know, a lot of torque against the joint, whatever it may be, Mm -hmm. ankle, knee, elbow, shoulder, that these sorts of things happen. And so, um, so maybe just part of the game, like uh, you're either going to be okay with it or you're not. It it is part of the game, but where I was going with that in a long winding way is, (laughs) is yeah, it's probably, it's probably always going to be a little bloodthirsty for mainstream. Right. Um, speaking of, of bloodthirsty, Nate Diaz gets in the octagon, uh, with Leon Edwards and Leon Edwards is one of those interesting guys. He's kind of a top four, top five guy in that welterweight division. And he just hasn't, he's had a couple things not go his way. He's had a couple mistakes that he's made. Um, but he's sort of right there in line, um, for a title fight. And so when you fight one of the Diaz brothers, it gets a pile of attention. You are... If you're not the main event, which this wasn't, actually, this was the first ever five-round non-main event, non-title yeah, what, what fight. What was that? It was just one of those things. And Dana talked about it in the post-fight press conference. Like, we're not going to do this often, but we thought this was worth, you know, every main event, even if it's on free TV or whatever, is five rounds. Every title fight is five rounds. This is the first time we've ever seen a pay-per-view that had two title fights already, and then something third from the top also get five rounds. He just thought it was worthwhile, and uh, Nate wanted it, to be honest with you. He was the one who asked for it, and um, so the Diaz brothers have this reputation, and when Nate came out, it was crystal clear immediately. That crowd, now they're in Arizona, um, was right behind him and had no time for Leon Edwards, and he came out immediately, the building filled with booze, and he's smiling as he walks to the octagon. He's not one of these smug, almost like Nate Diaz, right? Like Nate can be very smug. He is a showman. He is a, an entertainer. Leon just kind of goes, okay, like, I guess this is what I'm facing here tonight. And he was better for 90% of that fight. They went yeah. five rounds. They go the distance. Leon Edwards is the better man all the way through until about the last minute, minute and a half. And Nate starts landing shots. He has to finish Edwards because he's lost those four and a half rounds. Um, and I've seen, you know, guys kind of score that fifth round, you know, because Mary, whatever it might be, right? Like, yeah, where Edwards dominated just in kind of keeping Nate away from him and, and landing yep. a couple of shots. He kind of dominated the first half of that fifth round. Um, whereas Nate clearly dominated the second half of that fifth round. So that round on multiple people's scorecards kind of went in two different directions, but the first four were clearly Leon Edwards. The thing about Nate Diaz is 
I don't know how much this mattered to him. His legacy is cemented. He's one of those guys. He wanted to fight a top five guy, even though you can make a pretty compelling argument right now. He didn't deserve it. And all the way through this, I I, kind of like Leon Edwards. I kind of like his story. I'm kind of cheering for him to finally get a shot at this. This wasn't enough. uh, Dana said after the fight, it's still going to be Colby Covington who fights um, Kamaru Usman next. But Nate's doing his thing, right? Like Leon Edwards would land a big punch and Diaz would back out and give him the thumbs up. Like, yeah, that one hit me, right? Like he, and, and these sort of showman things, he'd kind of give you the smile. He'd kind of whatever. You're like, dude, we're four and a half rounds in. That was kind of funny at the beginning. You need to do something here or you're not going to, you're not going to finish this. I, I want to hand this to you. But the last thing I would put into this is Diaz said after the fight, if this was a real world fight. I'd have won. And there was a bunch of us on Twitter that said, if that fight is 40 seconds longer, DS maybe does finish him, right? If that fifth round is, he's gone wobbly legged. He's what, but for four and a half rounds, you got dominated and picked apart and, and you're bleeding from multiple cuts on both sides of your face. You don't look like a winner. And this isn't the real hmm. world, right? Like you entered yeah. into this thing. And so the DS are good talkers. They sell fights. Um, they know what they're doing. You know the Diaz brothers better than I do. Yeah, I, I just sort of wonder at what point that thing that you do that sells fights sort of runs out of gas if you can't back it up anymore. Apparently never, Matt. Well, that's... that that guy hasn't fought since 2019, right? Right, and he and he just phones up Dana and says, "Hey, I want to fight. I'm ready." And not just I want to fight. I want to fight the number three guy in the division. Yeah, well, and and Dana Dana's okay with it because yeah. he knows that it's it's going to pop. Yes, and it did. And and he, you know Nate and Nick, those guys, I don't know either one of them, but I'm pretty sure what you see is what you get. This isn't an act, right? Right. These two guys are are tough as leather, right? Like they just they they give and take shots, mm-hmm. like. I think I think I think Nate's right. I think if this is out in the street, you you probably can't hurt him. He's only been you can probably count. I think I, I read he, he's only been finished two or three times. Yeah, but don't you think like, that's a shit thing to say? This isn't of course it, of course it is. Like you came and, in and, and entered into this, like, and, and it's not. It's it's true. And yeah. you know to say I, I was the better fighter. Well, no, you weren't. Right. Um, he has that one punch. Mm-hmm. ability yeah. right but um yeah he's he's around because he sells fights he does he does and people are attracted to him they know the name mm-hmm. and sometimes you can understand him when he talks and sometimes you can't <laughs> that post-fight press conference is always legendary man. yeah i have and, no and idea he, what you're talking about man but you're selling it like yeah <laughs> and and him you can't you can't talk about him bleeding out of both sides because he's got his face and head is covered with scar tissue <laughs> so which just post- which breaks apart like paper mache at the like oh yeah when you've been doing I this smiled, for i years. smiled and i'm bleeding <laughs> so in that post-fight press conference He's inviting the whole stadium, plus Leon Edwards, to his, he's having a house party after the, I, I guess he has a house there in, in Arizona. And uh, he's like, uh, the, the, the after party's at my house. Everybody come on over. And I, I can remember saying to somebody there last night on Twitter, I'm like, that might be the only guy in the world who could look at me with his face just covered in his own blood that goes, we're having a party. You should come over. I'm like, 
Yeah, that'd be all right. Like, that'd be interesting. I, I wouldn't mind seeing what that party looks like. Right? Oh, I don't know, man. I've okay. been at some, I've been at some kicking parties. I don't know if I, I I'm not sure I'm ready for a, a Diaz brother party. No, I, I, I really don't think that's because, you know, I, he's I, going right out to the backyard and fighting somebody else. When he gets well, listen, you know, somebody's going to go, Hey, Nate, I think you're a punk ass bitch. And then he's, he's tarps off and, and, the, and the hands are down. He's like, yeah, he's doing that crazy flex thing he does where his yes. hands are down by his groin and you're like yeah. what are you doing man what is happening <laughs> this is somehow homoerotic i'm not sure what's going on here but right anyways yeah no that you're right i'm probably getting fought at the Nate Diaz party so but you gotta want to I, I do want to see what that party looks like right like drive by matt i guess so right just Vegas, wanted to drop cab off or whatever it is you got just wanted to drop there. off this bouquet <laughs> and i'm gonna carry on <laughs> Yeah, no, probably not my bag. No, for sure. Um, UFC 264 goes July 10th, and, uh, you know, it was these guys who who got me to buy this one. So I will say TSN 1200's Graham Creech and Steve Bunda will be back on the uh, on the show during fight week to uh, help us tee that one up. That is the trilogy fight, Conor McGregor versus Dustin Poirier. And uh, Gilbert Burns back in action, like it's a really good looking card as well. So we Gilbert will t- Burns legit, honest to God, man. So uh, we will get into that when uh, when UFC 264 gets a little bit closer. Why don't we talk a bit about um, this? May be the only time through the entire tournament we talk about it. Euro 2020, uh, or I guess are we calling it 2021? This is similar to the Tokyo no, it's, thing. It's 2020. Yeah. Um, essentially the European world cup, which is really all that matters. Like plus Brazil and Argentina. Yeah. Yeah. We could get by without, uh, yeah. Although Canada hanging tough, man, in world cup qualifying puts another win up on Haiti. I think Uh, they're going to do it, Matt. I think they're going to do it. Nice. (laughs) Just to get, uh, diced by the Netherlands or something, but, uh, we'll see, uh, in day, I think it was day one of, um, of Euro, we Day two. S- okay. We saw Christian Eriksen of Team Denmark essentially just drop mid-play. Uh, and it comes out after the fact, we have the, the benefit of hindsight as we talk about this, that he suffered a cardiac arrest. And um, he's okay. He's in hospital. He did survive. But it was a scary scene, man. And we saw Team Denmark's captain essentially jump in and put him in recovery position and, and like experts have said after like credit him for moving his tongue out of Mm -hmm. his own way. Like, so he doesn't choke on it. And then a a bunch of the guys from team Denmark circle up around him. Some of them facing away. Most of them, I think facing away. Like I can't look at this. I get, but, but trying to keep the cameras off of what's happening. Uh, the same guy, the the team captain is there kind of consoling his wife. This is. One of the scarier things you'll ever see on a, uh, on a sporting stage and it immediately and, and probably rightfully so, I guess, but it stirs up the, the conversation on what is the proper way to handle coverage of this. And the one thing that a lot of people, and I understand most people aren't a nerd for this shit like I am, but still yell on Twitter like they know anyway, um, which is Twitter, uh, at yeah. talk and audio. If you want to hear me yell about things, I don't know about, um, this is one feed you have. I don't know how many countries competing in this thing. It's a lot. 24. 
24 different countries didn't get to send their own camera crew and their own production people and their own audio people. This is no different than a World Cup or an Olympics or any kind of oversized international competition. You produce one feed that goes out to everybody and then you put your play-by-play on it. You put your own scoreboard bug on it. You have your own panelists, whatever. But you don't control what the broadcast says. It just gets sent to you. Um, and so a bunch of people were super pissed about how this was handled and screaming at ESPN, screaming at TSN, screaming at, uh, Sky Sports. I can't believe you would do this or whatever. You have one view of this whole thing. And, and I, this sort of came up a little bit, but we didn't spend much time on it. And, and the reason I wanted to bring it up now and ask Rob's opinion on this was it, it kind of goes back to what happened to Jake Evans with Mark Shifley, right? And he's down and he's clearly in big trouble on the ice. John Tavares, what happened to him um, in game one against Montreal when Corey Perry accidentally knees him in the head. And that is an extremely scary scene. Those are controlled by Sportsnet versus this, which is one international feed. And I just sort of wonder, you know, cardiac arrest is very different than, than head injuries, but they're still equally scary. And we don't know what's happening in those moments, right? I think when you see Team Denmark gather around this guy in an attempt to shield him from the cameras, you should probably take the hint as the master producer that this isn't to be seen. But I just wonder, in a kind of general sense, after we've seen a bunch of really scary shit happen, what you think a TV network's responsibility is in terms of how you cover this, when you cut away, when you stay with it, how you talk about it. It's become part of the event. It's become newsworthy, but it's also for a lot of people, extremely traumatic. Like, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't have a hard stance on this. I don't have a hard feeling on what to do. I think they're all a little bit different, but I I'm sure you were sort of like I was in that you weren't watching Euro 2020 every minute. You kind of saw it after the fact, but Sort of what was your takeaway as you saw how this whole thing was handled and covered? Yeah, it, it was interesting. The first time I saw it, I was reading an article and it had a still photo of the of the Danish team sort of initially arm in arm mm-hmm. linked around and and you know, some were and some weren't. And and as you said, most facing away. Yeah. And it was the picture of the one guy, and there may, there may have been two of them in in the in the photo with their hands on their head, like, holy fuck. I can't believe this is happening. Right. Yeah. Like just the, 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 the picture is worth a thousand words, man. Cause you can, yeah. you can absolutely read into it, whatever you can, you get the feeling of it right there. I think the, I think the idea that he's just running along. Right. And then bang drops. Yeah. And, and there's no contact with anybody, with the ball, with another player, nothing, right? And, and he's down. And I think at that point, everybody is invested in, in that guy's health. Mm-hmm. And, and I think um, if you look at with the, the Tavares one with Perry, yeah. um, they showed it a bunch of times. And, and they stopped showing it to me when, or at least started looking at different angles when when – when Tavares was sort of tried to sit up and then he just sort of collapsed backwards. Right. And you're like, oof, that's yeah, ugly. He's fucked. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so then, then they're doing a lot of showing of, 
of other things, right? They're they're they showing the bench, quite a bit, right? They're on Austin Matthews on the bench, right? They're they're doing a bunch of other things, right? Because nobody wants to see that, right. right? Nobody wants to see. I think about the Clint Malarchuk incident Oof, where he got yeah. his jugular cut by yeah. a skate. Um, they panned away from that immediately. Yeah. Right. There's blood spurting out onto the ice, and and a man's life is absolutely in jeopardy. But it's it's not just the man's life is in jeopardy. It's the visual yeah. that comes with it, right? Um, I think as long as it's in, like the Tavares, the Evans, if it's in the flow of play, yeah, you want to kind of get a get a review. Well, then so was what? Christian Erickson. Like he's yeah, yeah. Running. No, 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 for sure. And, yeah. and and really, I don't have a huge deal with it. I I guess is where I'm going. Yeah. Um. You know, that'll be because he's now, you know, he phoned the team after the game. He's, he's, you know, apparently that he's, he's in, in decent health. Yeah. All things considered. Um, we'll see that again, that due to that, we'll see that on, you know, top 10 scariest moments in sports or whatever it is. The things you don't see is you don't see the Dale Earnhardt Jr. No. Right. You don't see that in a lot of clips where he died. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I think. I think it's like it's like the NHL um, Department of Safety, right? Okay, he's good. We can show it, <laughs> right? He died. We can't show it, right? One of the things I thought was interesting, I've ripped him enough times on this show, but John Shannon weighed in on the John Tavares one, and and for those who don't know, before he was a bad insider on Sportsnet's panels, he was a producer. He was the executive producer of Hockey Night in Canada and the NHL Network, and he did a bunch of different things. And he weighed in after the Taveras one and said, you can't go to commercial. You are now essentially the 911 call to the family, right? You can't leave. You don't have to keep showing it, but you have to, while all of us are screaming on Twitter, go to commercial, go to commercial, you can't do that because you are, your audience suddenly went from a million people to like six and they need to know what's happening and, and you can't just go. And so I sort of... In that situation, and because it's smaller, right? It's the NHL playoffs and it's Toronto, Montreal, whereas UEFA Euros is a couple hundred million people or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Like it, it's big time. I guess it's similar, but but I thought that perspective from John Shannon was interesting. He goes, if I'm producing that show, yes, I'll stop showing replays, but no, I'm not going to commercial. Like I'm, I, I that's going to scare people for two minutes longer than they needed to be or I thought that was interesting perspective. And when you saw this one at the Euro 2020, UEFA is producing that feed, but each of the networks covering it gets to decide for themselves when you go back to the panel, right? You can cut away right away. You don't have to keep showing that feed that they're giving you. You can go back to your studio or your panel. And when TSN did it, you know... I'm not trying to rip anybody, but they go to the the Johnny serious voice, right? And thoughts and prayers and all these things and go, you, you, this, this feed, I get it. We're off the field, but you don't know anything more than anybody else. And now you're just like, I don't know. At some point it was just sort of like, go to something that like, go to the tennis tournament that's going on right now, rather go than jug- just go to juggling bears on unicycle, <laughs> whatever it might be. Stop leaving these poor three guys on screen who yeah. are clearly rattled like everybody else to, I don't know, speculate, right? They don't yeah. know either. 
They don't. And, and, and really, I think it's, if you look at the, um, yeah, the Evans and the, and the Tavares one, mm. man, you're in empty arenas. And that does and make it, it weird, right? Like it makes it super weird because yeah. there's no natural noise. It's no. just that echo it's in an empty arena. Yeah. And they and shut so, off the fake crowd noise. Every like it's just Yeah. And so um I, I look at, you know, Joe Theismann's leg getting snapped and, mm-hmm. and these sorts of things, which we see a pile of times, right? And I I guess I just don't have a huge problem with keeping it on the on the main event right on the on the event itself sorry and um and and talking about it and and saying you know oh there's there's you know he's wiggling his toes or whatever the deal is right right i think because a lot of people do become whether you're family or not Mm -hmm. um like i'm watching the Tavares incident and and i don't have a a rooting interest in in either team but you certainly don't ever want no, to see somebody down. That right? makes you it, that one like you referenced a minute ago when he tried to stand up and went back to like you're sick to your stomach almost. Like that is that guy is fucked up and right. I don't want to see this anymore. And everybody becomes rattled, right? Like it's right. But, and so you're invested yes. in this in the story at that time. And so do we need to see more of him? Probably not. But uh, I, I do agree with the John Shannon take, which is can you give me updates as it comes? I don't want to go to commercial and then you're looking around the people you're with and you're like, holy Christ, right, right. what's happened, right? And then you're gone and you're watching all these stupid filler commercials. And well, that's then- it. Like, here's the McDonald's the stick things that everybody's getting and then here's a Tim Hortons. Like, I don't care about any of this either right now. But if you can bring me that Jim Houston Lays commercial from last year, <laughs> that would be awesome. Worst ever commercial. Honest to God, man. <laughs> yes. Or that fat guy at the Tim Hortons drive-thru with the with the Bruins tattoo on his arm. Of course. Can you show me more of that guy? <laughs> or the big fat lady who's the Leon Dreisaitl fan. Best in the league. Yeah, sure. If you could Not just show best those. Best on his own team. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> this is it. Exactly. Up, lady. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. It, it, it's just one of those things I wanted to bring up a little bit just so that we could almost peel back, you know, bring up the John Shannon thing, bring up the UEFA feed thing. So people have a slightly better understanding of what's happening here. You can be mad at TSN if you want, in terms of how long they stayed with it, but TSN had no control over what that camera was pointed at. Same with ESPN, same with Sky Sports. Well, most people are stupid, Matt. There is that, uh, there is that going on. Not the good listener here. No, of course not. We, totally we attract a higher caliber. Yeah, of, for sure. Those <laughs> in the know. Fan. <laughs> uh, so things a little bit heavy there, but uh, we got a few other things we want to touch on. Where do you want to go next, man? You want to talk about the Jays bullpen or the uh, the NHL's Final Four here? Let's br- let's briefly touch on the Jays. I think. Touch um, it. Touch it. Uh, do it. <laughs> um, if you put up 18, 19 runs per game. We can stop talking about the pen. (laughs) This is it. The pen no longer becomes an issue (laughs) if I can give you a 14-run lead. Sure. Um, Yeah, and and really, I think last Friday night's blown, you know, they're up 5-1 to the Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, Vladdy's crushing it. I think I heard, uh, I didn't see his last at-bat today on Sunday, so, but he was... Seven for 11 in the series with three walks on top of that. So, 
that means you are on base 10 out of 14 times and like crushing shit. They talked about his, his hits the other night. He had three hits and all were all had a, you know, a exit off the bat velocity of 110 plus. Like he hit an op, an opposite field home run today, which just a <laughs> In good the sp- bullpen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike just Wilner a- points out on Twitter, who used to, he's no longer working for Sportsnet, but he used to host Jay's Talk and the post game show, all this stuff. He goes, What was it? What did the bull, the, the Boston bullpen think was about to happen when that ball landed 410 feet away and they they scattered like someone threw a grenade into their <laughs> trench, right? Like, <laughs> for 400 feet, you could see it coming and they all dove out of the way. <laughs> hey, what is that? <laughs> No. You, yeah, and, and you look at the like, dude stole a base the other night. Yes. Like, I, I just think it, there's nothing he can do wrong. No. But, anyways, well, where this, I was going dude, with- before we move off him just for a second, because I think it's interesting. He is nine games and ten days ahead of Jose Bautista's uh, 54 home run pace in 2010. So that's well, the kind is, of numbers he's putting up right now. Which is funny because they flashed up a stat. Um, quickest guys to 20 home runs mm-hmm. in a Blue Jay in a Blue Jay uniform and he he's done it 20 in 62 games. Yeah. Um Batista did it in 44 games. Uh yeah, and no and, and yeah. so that must not be the same season, right? Where maybe Batista oh, that, slowed down or something. That, I'm talking yeah, about the 54 was, home run. Well, that was 2011. Okay, so this is Batista's 54 home run year, I believe is 2010. So Okay. Maybe they so slowed this, it. Anyways, it, it was he's third on the list or fourth on the list. It's it's Bell, it's twenty it's twenty eleven <laughs> Batista. It's nineteen eighty seven George Bell. Right. It's two thousand Carlos Delgado. Yeah, I saw that as well. Yeah. And then and then uh, twenty twenty one Vlad. But it, really, what Vlad's doing compared to all those other guys is when you look at the rest, and I, I I'm not sure if he's still leading all three triple crown categories. Yes, he is. But he's. He's hitting singles. He's he's just putting, and it gets a bit nause, you know, nauseating to listen to Buck and 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 Tabby and never Dan, never Dan. Um, <laughs> uh, but talking about you know the good swings and and the patience and, but it's a fact, and it's got to be so hard to watch that guy, at, day in and day out, and go, yeah, singles, doubles, walks. What do you want to do here? Overs, well, and he's just, yeah. And, and and you you wonder, when do you stop pitching to that guy? And, and I understand when Springer comes back, you are seriously taking it in the keister because, you know, you can insulate him so well mm-hmm. with other guys. Because because as we talked about before, Teoscar, since coming back from COVID, has Two also been, <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, torrid, yes. right? And so, you know, you, you put Springer into that lineup, and you mix other guys around, and you go, yeah, you could pitch around Vladdy, but wham, wham, wham behind. You. Yeah, well, this is it, right? And so you're better off just ah, takes me chances. So, but anyways, as we sit here on Sunday and record this, the Jays have just wrapped up a what a eighteen four or whatever the hell it was uh, nineteen four eight yeah an eighteen four I think total beatdown. Um, they also win on Saturday, but on Friday. They win. Uh, they lose after leading five to one. And Blue Jays Twitter is on fire with the hashtag Fire Montoyo. And 
I don't know. I guess I'll put it to you. Did you see a sure thing in that bullpen behind the roaring tire fire that Montoyo could have gone to, to protect that? Because right now, when you look at the fact that, um, Barucki is injured and on Friday they said that, uh, Romano couldn't go, uh, Delise didn't get it done. They have half the bullpen is hurt and the other half, you just don't want to see them well, pitch. I, I get like, is this Montoyo? Because for two years, I thought he handled the bullpen poorly. This year, I look at him and go, I don't know, man. Good luck to you, right? Like, yeah. Uh, and so this is, I think it was stripling start. Yeah. Right? And you can look at, at the pull point on him. And and there was it was it Thornton that came in after him? Whoever it was, you're like, that guy's doing okay. Right. Why Why pull him? Why... To me, where you where it comes down where it comes on Montoyo is, you go, yeah, well, I'm only going to give that guy an inning, or I'm only going to give that guy four outs, whatever it was, and then you right. pulled him and you go, man, at five one, and your bullpen is bleeding. Uh, yeah, leave leave the guy who's pitching it, and I think it was Trent Thornton on Friday. I'm I'm not sure it's it's distant now. Yeah, it's, I can't remember f- for sure. It's a full it's two like days ago, six runs ago. <laughs> yeah, and and you, and you sort of go. Just let that guy go. Yeah, you, you you need outs and sure things now. We don't need to go. Okay, the book says inning for you, inning for you. Hmm. Let it roll. That's the part that's on Montoyo, right? right? Um, but instead, he goes to it, it, you know, and, and shit unraveled when they went to went to Chatwood. Yes, who that's got to that, be done. Like, here's the thing on that guy. That's been a problem for like at least two years. Then he had a six-week really nice start with the Blue Jays, and he's been shit again. This most recent thing, that's not the outlier. The first six weeks is the outlier. Yeah. He's been uh, – and again, we talk about this all the time when I defend Kyle Dubas. It was a worthwhile roll of the dice, and at the beginning of the season, it looked like it was going okay, and now it's not. And you suddenly see what's been the problem for two or three years. Uh, it, to me, that's – yeah. The, the, those six weeks are the outlier, not not this most recent bump. Right. If you want to keep Chatwood around, you don't put him in in the 14-4 game where you're up because shit can still unravel from there. When you look at the way the way things went down the other day, a <laughs> wild pitch, him in two hit guys and a walk, and you're like, get out. Oh, that was horrendous. So that was the Saturday game? Which one? Was Friday night. That, that, was was five, that was the 5-1. Yeah, sorry. You said the 14-4. That's where you do put him in. No, I'm saying you put him in when you're down 14 4. Yes, okay. You, you work through shit there. You don't get yeah. to, you he, don't even get a 10 run lead now. He threw 10 straight balls plus two hit, hit batters. That's yeah. atrocious. <laughs> like, well, and, and, and God bless the, the home, you know, the home game calling crew who are like, yes. well, he's got so much movement on the ball. And you're like, yeah, it's moving into that guy's ribs. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is it. It's moving away from the strike zone is really all that's happening. And now it's there. moving fast over the left field wall. <laughs> I wish, I wish. Cause uh, you know, if somebody comes in and they gives up, they give, they give they gives up. up, they give up the big fly. I you know, at least you can go, Oh, yeah. If you hit two guys yeah. and wild pitch and walk another, you're like, Ah, I don't want to see that, man. Right. I'd rather see you lose on a pl- like on, a, on an actual baseball play. Right, right. 
They're in trouble, man. The bullpen is not good. I guess as long as you keep putting up 18 runs per night, you'll be okay. But that seems difficult to sustain. Um, Patrick Murphy's going to return from injury here shortly. We have no idea when Merriweather's coming back. I haven't heard enough about Ryan Barucki to know what that's going to look like. Um, Romano did pitch on Saturday after, you know, all we heard was forearm tightness and you didn't need him Saturday. That was an odd decision. I don't know, man. The bullpen is in trouble. And and I think, you know, this offense against first place Boston this weekend has shown you need to help them out. They're doing their part. They have hit some historic numbers here and you got to go find them some help. And it doesn't even have to be in the rotation, right? It doesn't have to be right. a big piece right now, but you got to find some bullpen help. And those guys are out there. You don't have to look any further than the Rockies or the Pirates or um, even Texas, right? There's some arms there that are going to be useful that that they need to check in on. And and the Pirates, um, if you um, and if you haven't, you should. You should check out the uh, At the Letters podcast, Ben Nicholson Smith and Arden Zwelling. Uh, they were talking about just how you know Ben Sheerington, the GM there in Pittsburgh, obviously for a long time was part of the uh, the Toronto management group, and you know they'll they'll have a kind of equal understanding of what everybody is. And Pittsburgh has some arms that that should be a fairly easy place to, to make some moves. So I think that's got to happen. And, and I'm kind of tired of the whole conversation of, you know, it's May and June. Nobody really makes trades, make a trade. There's no one says you can't, right? You, yeah. And especially with how this is going, right? Like this is going to be close. All these, the top four teams in the AL East are competitive as hell. You got to make a move. And, um, yeah, the offense that doesn't yet have George Springer in it has done its yeah. part. Well, and you look at the, they were, it's actually Reds, the Red Sox as of yesterday had fallen back into second. They're, they're behind Tampa Bay by a game. Losers. Yeah. And now depending on what Tampa Bay did on Sunday, right. they, they could be two back. Um, but yeah, the Jays were, the Jays are now, you know, somewhere around six and a half back of, of Tampa. Yeah. You you are in a spot in the season where you you can't get further than that. Nope. Right. If you are in that six seven games back range, well, the Yankees are struggling again. Like you got to make some hay right now. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because the Orioles are already seven seventeen and a half out, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even July yet. Right. Uh, that looks like fifty games out come <laughs> come October first. Um, but yeah, it, to me, and I, I referenced it earlier, the, the whole Vlad reaction when they lost that game last Friday, 6-5, mm-hmm. he's chucking shit in the dugout because, A, he's I'm doing everything. killing every- it. <laughs> yeah, well, and 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 the, the, the starting lineup, the hitting, is doing more than enough to win these games. Mm-hmm. Like at this point in the series, they should be 3-0 and against the Red Sox. Yeah. No, you're right about and, that. And so that's got to be incredibly... Like they flashed up a stat, and, and again, it all blurs together during this Red Sox series where uh, it was probably Friday night because the Red they were saying the Red Sox are, you know, have the most comebacks, comeback wins in 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 the yes. American League, yep. and then they were saying in in one run games they're seventeen and ten, the Jays are ten and seventeen in close games. Right. So like at this point now, the Jays the Jays bullpen or at times. The bullpen's been fine, and the starters have 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 let them down. Yep. They can't seem to get their shit together. It's just the opposite, right? They're finding ways 
to lose games, right? Now, Friday, there was a bunch of shit. Bo had an error, and they were kind yes. of booting the ball around again. Yeah, Simeon gets picked off on a, you know, Bo went like four for four Sunday. So that's kind of yeah. the, the heads and tails of that guy. Right? Like, yeah. Well, and again, we talked about this the last week or two weeks ago. Fuck, they're up, they're up 16 to three, and they throw they throw Bo a pitch. And honestly, he's leaving his shoes swinging at it on the first pitch, right? And and it's a double. But you're like, man, the guy, like, yes. if now if it wasn't for the shift, like they had JD Martinez is 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 almost in center field. I saw this one too. Just maybe Bo's fourth at bat. Yeah, and he pops one up at like the left field line. Yeah, but their left fielder's out in left center. He's just chugging, trying to get. There. Yeah, you're never making it, man. And so I get it. You know how many times you see the ball go off the green monster, and they go, "Oh, it's a long single." All right, and oh, what a and the, and the shit red- heap of a stadium. Yeah, and the Red Sox, they, you know, they know how to play in their own field and blah, blah. Well, not there. No. Right? You're looking at that going, that's an out in any <laughs> other ballpark. But what do I know? Honestly, but yeah, it's got to be incredibly deflating for for the hitters. Yes. Right? To put up, I don't know, 12, 40 runs or whatever they've put up in the in the, in the the first, you know, 35 anyways. In the, go. Yeah, in the first three games, and you go, oh, we're only two and one? I don't get it, man. Yeah, no, there was something um, that I saw on Twitter that was like on Friday, the Jays had 17 hits and five runs. And then on Saturday, had 10 hits and seven runs or whatever. And like, this makes no goddamn sense. But Well, they had 19 hits and 18 runs today. And we'll take that. If we could just well, that's great. It's like, what, what, uh, you're looking at how's the math. You're like, wow, 19 hits and 18 runs. Just keep I know there was, eight, I know there was eight homers in there, but you're yeah. like, that's a, that's not a lot of guys getting left on base. That's really what that is. It's true, man. Um, we are down to the final four in the Stanley cup playoffs for the first time since 91 and 92, we have a three out of four repeat in terms of the, uh, I guess we're calling it the conference finals. I don't, it, whatever. We're calling it the semis. Okay. And we are still doing the, uh, the Prince of Wales trophy. And oh, the, are they? Yes. And they've okay. picked which, just put them away for a year. Like the, yeah. Cause no dumb. one cares it, about this shit anyway. Then, like, then why don't we have conference finals? Cause they, they are saying semis. Yes. And so, yeah, that's ridiculous. So you got your Habs and your Golden Knights, and as we sit here right now, it's probably actually over. Uh, Lightning and Islanders uh, started on Sunday afternoon, and it's a couple of, you know, not that dissimilar pairings where, you know, kind of a high-powered offensive team like Tampa Bay taking on the Islanders. And then on the other side, it's Vegas versus Montreal, and maybe it's less pronounced there, like... Vegas isn't maybe quite thought of the way Tampa is as being that run and gun, high powered offense, but they're still very capable, uh, but with a good D and maybe Montreal isn't quite what the Islanders are, but two very similar series, um, as a, as a league. And and we talk about this all the time. Maybe we shouldn't get bogged down on the officiating or what all this stuff means, but if you're going to spend your entire year talking about how fast and how skilled and whatever your whatever your league is the NHL badly needs to see Tampa versus Vegas in the final don't they 2-1 Islanders final today man oh that's fucking gross I don't want to... <laughs> <laughs> it's 
And and the uh, and Leo the, and Komarov the, chipping one in from right in yeah, front of Pulak, close enough. But um, come you on, are lo- you are looking at Braden Point scoring with 53 seconds left in the game. Obviously, with the Amps probably mad, with the goalie pulled. Um, That's so terrible. Yeah, just just while you were talking, I was like, okay, I'm going to check yeah, this out. Yeah, see what's happening. Super. Um, yeah, it, it it to me is, and we talked about this last week, right? It, you don't. You don't want to see, you know, in in a league, in a sports system where the NFL is doing their best to protect their quarterbacks, right? right? The the NBA is clearly LeBron can draw 50 <laughs> fouls in a game. And you're if like, you're capable what? of putting up 35 points, we will protect your ass to the Yeah, end. <laughs> and you're like, okay, man, I, what, I can't breathe on the guy? Foul! <laughs> Meal ticket! Right. And, and so the NHL seems to be you know, working real hard to run in the opposite direction, yeah. which is you have the way we call the game for 82 games and you go, man, look at that skill and speed and youth. And you, it's all the things we really want to be. Well, until April rolls around, or in this case, I don't know, July, whenever we, whenever the playoffs started here, I have no idea even what month it is. Here's Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. Where's the, tri- where's the trident? Um, it's it's yeah it's no good and and I am I don't have a dog in in the in the race here but I am pulling for a Vegas Lightning final Take because one. I w- one out of the four you got to root for somebody uh, well, uh, um the New York Islanders <laughs> <laughs> um just to no, twist the I, knife I, on the Leafs I, or I, I guess that? I guess it's I guess it's got to be. For me, if I, again, I don't care about any of these teams, but I guess Vegas and only because I would otherwise go to Tampa, but they just won. So I guess give me Vegas. I don't want to see Vegas because to me, you're like your fourth year in the league or whatever it is. I get it. Yeah. So, so I I may go to Tampa. I'm not entirely sure. But don't give me either of those other two fucking dogs that are ruining the sport. Well, okay. But, but to me, at least the Islanders counterpunch to me the, to me they are it, they're not as poor offensively as as i think most people assume mm, right that's interesting um and, and and you want to talk about interesting because i'll take just, barzell certainly over anything montreal's got but yeah. after him oh you got to give I mad get, props to to nelson and Beauvillier. Props, sure <laughs> mad props <laughs> well and, and i coming into this tournament I think Pajot was the leading scorer yeah. in the playoffs for that right. team. Okay. Um, it's it's interesting when you look at it and it comes down to Barry Trotz. Since the Capitals won the Stanley Cup, yes. Barry Trotz has won five series with the Capitals, with the Islanders, yep. and the Capitals have won. Wait, Matt, count them up. Carry the one zero. Okay, I thought they were zero one and play- five. But is it no zero, zero okay. playoffs since since Trotz left, and so yeah, what more? What more do you need? Well, let me ask right. you. Okay, and Lou Lamorello since he left Toronto, how many? Well, they've won zero. <laughs> He's doing a nice job with Garth Snow's team. Let me ask you about oh, Barry Trotz. And, and, how, and I, I heard that. I heard that last. Well, you should week. hear that. I know, but it's this whole idea that we just shit on Garth Snow the whole time he was there. No, of course we did, because he stunk too, but I don't know And what. now everyone's like, it's not Lou. That, to me, is a total Toronto 
Okay. You know, storyline. Why don't you go ahead and you tell me how Lou has helped that uh, that team? Uh, Varlamov, first of all, brought him in. That's a, that's a Lou thing. Trots, he brought Trots in. Pajo, th- those there's three moves right there that have made huge differences in the Pajot last few years. Pajo cost you a top pair defenseman. And, you, you and, it's hurt them, and it's hurt them mightily so far. Because of you did not need to give J.G. Pajot five years at five million or whatever uh, it was, and you had to trade uh, Devin Taves away to, to get uh, Agreed. Agreed, Matt. But the thing is, if you're looking at do you want the type, the type of guy Pajot is, is a playoff guy. You look at his stats this, this spring. That is true. You've brought in, you've brought in Trotz. And you've brought in Varlamov, who under the trot system has... Oh, don't give me what a goalie has done under a coach's system. He stops hey, the puck or he doesn't. Hey, He's, but has he done it? Yes. So On, to me... The, so what does me, that have to do with trot system? Well, that means there's Lou. Yeah. There's three moves right there. Right there. Break. Lou is getting fat off of... I, someone else did the numbers. It was like 13... Of the 20 guys who've played for the Islanders in these playoffs were there before Lou got there. And two of them how were long, Lou How long mistakes. has Lou been there? Two years? I think so. Yeah, maybe three. Okay, so what do you, how much of a change do you expect him to see, to see in his two years? I don't expect to see much, but I'm not going to give him all the credit for somebody else's but, shit. That's all you I'm gotta saying. Get, you got to give him some. No, I don't. Ah, he reacquired Matt Martin. He brought in Leo Komarov. When we talk about the turnover on that roster, they've been the mistakes. The good shit, that came from the guy before him. That's Jordan Eberle. That's Matt Barzell. That's Bovillier. All these guys predate Lou. So, man, is that the third crack of the show? That is the third crack, but it's a small Pilsner. This yeah, one, yeah, okay. So I'm, I'm hear staying you. in the I'm staying in the Pilsner vein. But as soon as you said, you know, we had the break earlier. I'm oh like, yeah, all right. No, I I, I, I I poured through the first Pilsner in a heartbeat. So <laughs> so, um, this is one of those things, and and I guess just before we kind of pick, you know, what this looks like, what it means, what if anything, nine of twelve underdogs have won so far in terms of now, some of them aren't particularly overwhelming, right? Like in theory, Tampa finishes behind Carolina. Yeah. That's not really an upset. They are not really an upset. Right. But nine out of 12 of these series, the upset has won. The underdog has won. Is Vegas an upset? Yeah, that's interesting. eh? I, to me, that I was. Said, that, I said. I said the Avalanche. I was it. I, no, I also said the Avalanche. This? Yeah. No, we both. No, but picked, that, yeah, but you at least said this could be the Stanley Cup, and I'm like, I did. Ah, no, I. I the thought Avalanche that was... are going to blast right through them. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I. No, apparently not. Um, but nine out of twelve, some of them more meaningful than the others. But I just wonder, like, if this is more of what we've talked about for so long, this race to the middle, right? This race to mediocrity and let's keep it tight. And it, maybe this is nothing more than, than something we've talked about a hundred times, but do you read anything into, because this is also a crazy season in terms of what everybody's played through and some buildings are full, some aren't, although most right now seem to have some sort of uh, crowd in them, at least down in the U S but nine out of 12 lower seeds have won so far. Does that mean anything in terms of the way the NHL is doing business? 
or is this just a further side effect I, of what we talked about a hundred times? Yeah, I, I look at um, Tampa is a, is a team, you know, Stamkos missed large chunks of the second half of the season. Kucherov was out all season. Yeah. So they finished third in the division, Yep, I think. I think that's um, right. Nobody believed that they were the third best team in that <laughs> division. And, okay, and so you had the Islanders saw who... Hamilton after the... Uh, uh, Dougie it's Hamilton, it. when he's eliminated, uh, when Carolina is eliminated by Tampa and they asked him what he thought, and he goes, ah, we lost to a team, $18 million over the salary cap. Yeah. yeah. It does sound, well, he's not wrong, but you're like, this isn't the moment, right? And, like you and, sound and, a little bitchy right yeah. now. And then somebody in Montreal said, well, we just beat a team in Toronto that was like 17 million over the cap. It's not even close to accurate. <laughs> Anyways. No, no, no. The St. Louis is the second highest team over the cap. That Toronto's the, only. Go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, I know you want to sell your shit and then dance away like it's true, but it's not. So yeah, were they over the cap? Sixteen of thirty-one teams were over the cap this year. Terrible. Yes, it is. That, Why that's, fucking that's, have it? That's a huge problem. Luxury um, tax. That shit, man. So not Pay even Doug, luxury. Dougie Hamilton. It's it's got to be no. If it's a hard cap, which is what they sell it as. That's what I'm saying. Since it's not, it it, it can't be. It's got to be way more punitive than right. than a, than, a, than a tax. Oh, it's you can tax it at whatever level you want. Two to one, three to one, whatever you want to do. Yeah. Well, to me, it's got to be. It's got to be picks. It's got to be a bunch of stuff. Ah. You got to start forfeiting shit big time. Okay. Or else, don't make it happen. Like honestly, if 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 you don't want to, let's talk about that. Let's talk about, but don't call it a hard cap. No, I'm with you there. I'm if with you there. it's really just more, we have a gelatinous cap. Right. If you can, so like, if you can bend around this and make this yeah. part make sense, you can do that. No, that's yeah. stupid. We have I'm an saying, elastic cap. If Toronto, if Tampa, if New York, if Boston or what, whoever, if they're going to be five, 10, 18 million dollars over the cap, it's going to cost you three bucks for every dollar you spend. And those will go to Carolina, yes. Florida. Ottawa, Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, it, but, but it's not punitive enough because the Leafs don't care. They are the Yankees of, of, yeah, but the Yankees are fighting hard to stay under it here the last year or two. So it can like, they, I know, but there's that's, resets, that's, right? Like there's something about major league baseballs where if you, every dollar you go up, it's, it's two to one. And then if you go on again, it's, it's three to one, but if you can reset it for two years, if you stay under this number, it goes all the way back. And so yeah. Like it's, it's a reset. Whole, yes, it is. And then, then the Yankees are trying hard to get that reset right now because they don't think they're like this is their year. And they have a billion dollar TV deal. Like it's it's yeah, it's crazy, right? And so to me, there's nothing you can do that's gonna hurt the Leafs in this situation. So to me, it I has can tell to you be one thing. You can hurt the Leafs fans. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you know what? Have you seen the Have you seen the uh, TV ratings? Yeah, they're big, man. No, but once the Leafs are once the oh, Leafs yeah, are no, out, they're nothing. <laughs> I know, and I like to. I I am. We are paying the, the bills in this shit, man. Well, and, and because it's it's yeah, they're nationwide, right? Yeah, there is in the you know the biggest city in the biggest province, mm-hmm. but it is nationwide, and I am always at the front of the line pitching the rotten tomato and whatever other produce I can get my hands on. But yeah, you look at those numbers and, and the two largest markets in the, in the thing. And then one of the two carries on and the numbers cut in half. Right. 
It's not hard to do the math. It's not hard to do the math, right? Why, you know, you got all the, you know, the Jeff. Why the Leafs will always be at 7 p.m. on Saturday. Fanboys on there, you know, crying when they lose um, or being super salty and bitter. That's closer to, uh, yes. (laughs) Yeah, That part's absolutely happening. I, I saw a great, uh, did you see that? Uh, it was probably on Twitter somewhere. The, the Dorito, the Toronto Maple Leaf Doritos bag. No, I didn't. And so it's, it's lovely. It looks like a cool ranch bag and it's got Matthews and Marner and Nylander and there's, it's the back of their jerseys and it says nacho year Ugh. and up, <laughs> up in the top corner, it says extra salty. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, nacho I, year. I don't know if you would have seen it. I, I don't know if you were on Twitter at all today or, or last night. But um, Matthews was at UFC 263, which we talked about earlier, right? And he was there with the Beebs. Of course he was. Yeah. And so there's a video rolling in. Well, the event was in Glendale, right? So Matthews home turf and, and whatever else. So there's a video of, of Bieber walking into the event and Matthews is in the background. So TSN sharing it, Sportsnet sharing it, but I think it's initially from UFC on ESPN or whatever that's filming Bieber coming in, right? It's a big celebrity for there. And yeah. even as TSN and, and Sportsnet are showing it, they're saying, you know, check out Austin Matthews arriving with Justin Bieber. And there's Freddie Anderson in the background. Nobody even noticed. Oh, there. <laughs> <laughs> there's but the new Arizona Coyotes goalie. Could be, Freddie man. Freddie Anderson. Yeah, tr- but... The whole, th- the whole time and throughout, I saw the same joke 3.2 billion times on Saturday night and Sunday morning. Austin Matthews is only here for the first round of the fight. Like, <sighs> That's hilarious. So, okay. Once, <laughs> yeah, once you've seen it, it, somebody move on. Like there's a million things to dunk on the Leafs for. And it's just, yeah. here's the same joke well, 300,000 times. And really, Matt, I feel I, I didn't see any of that, but I feel best for Justin Bieber here because I thought that was an unrequited bromance, right? I, I kind of felt like that he wasn't he, getting his share. He wasn't, yeah, he was him. crushing on Austin right. hard and it wasn't sort of, I think Austin re- loves him too. I think that's okay. That's, yeah. All right. And so going. that's what I say. I, I feel good for the two of them now. They've got their thing going on there. That's awesome. But it kind of felt like the Biebs was, yeah. Was loving the loving the Austin Matthews bit, but yeah, but oh, Matthews is. I'm gonna write a song about you, all right? And really, those those other ones are, are you know, people think it's about my wife, but it's really about you. <laughs> it's, I, I just one of the funniest parts of it, and someone else pointed it out quicker than I ever got to it was ESPN is the big partner of the UFC, right? Like that's their, yeah. their and now the partner of the National Hockey League. Yeah. And no one at ESPN pointed out, hey, that's, oh. yeah. Here's Justin Bieber arriving. No mention of Austin Matthews right beside him. Bieber was shown two or three times on the broadcast and Matthews is half kind of cropped out. And you're like, I get it. Justin Bieber is certainly the far bigger star. But if you're ESPN, wouldn't this be a nice time yeah, to start cross-promotion. a little something? Yeah. Apparently not, man. So Hey, Fr- Freddie Anderson is going to be the starting goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers next year. I, mm, why wouldn't they run back Mike Smith? For three years, you and I have been like, terrible. And he's been like, yeah. no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Well, because now's the time. Sell high, baby. Let him go. Guess, yeah. it's, Zach it's Hyman's going to be the Edmonton Oiler, not Freddie uh, Anderson. Inter- interesting to see that, yeah, Steve Dangle put out that Leaf lineup 
next year's starting lineup with no Zach Hyman in it. Video, um, I think it's the same reason you don't run back with Mike Smith for the same reason. And, and really what's happening here is Montreal is doing themselves a huge disfavor because or disservice disfavor. because yeah, they are Dominic Ducharme should never be the coach there, <laughs> but instead they're like, Oh, what do we do now? We've made it to the semis. We got to bring them back. That's so interesting. eh? Cause next year, those guys are back in with Boston and Tampa and Florida and, and it's a very, di- and a lot of Ottawa fans think Ottawa's right there with, with Montreal and Toronto and we'll, and we'll see, but oh, I, I think Montreal finishes because of this, it, to me, this, this smacks a lot of maybe not identical to, but it smacks a lot of Ottawa's 2017 run. Like where I'm, we're, we're way closer than we thought, but you're well, not well, actually well, right. And I knew that I said that. In between 2017 and 2018, that people who thought, One of us oh, we are said that for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but to me, it, it comes down to Montreal now is going to think, okay, see, we're a final we made four. all the right moves. And the reality is, when you move back into yes. a, a tougher top end of the division, yes, the big boys are all hanging you, around. You are now looking at, and, and, and you could, I, I have a pile of time. I was reading Pierre Lebrun last week saying, yeah, the regular season. Montreal's not built for the regular season, right? The way they clutch and grab and hold and do whatever is much more fitting to the playoff style of game. And and we can't dispute that. Next year, you may not make the playoffs. You can't clutch and grab your way past if, 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 Yeah, if you skid the way you did this year with Tampa in your division, now uh, Toronto is still in your division. Boston. If you look, uh, to me, Boston. Florida. You let's let's look. Are at Boston they really for- going to slide by Montreal that far? No, I I think I think I don't know what's going to happen. But if you look at Buffalo and Detroit, are going to be at the bottom of that yes, division. They are. So if you look at Toronto and Tampa, are going to be at the top of the division. I, I think I'm Woo-hoo. feeling comfortable. Yeah, I'm feeling comfortable <laughs> with that right now. Um, you look at Boston. The the, the downfall, like Taylor Hall, three goals. Yeah, his first six or seven games in the playoffs versus his second six or seven games, not the same guy all of a sudden. Yeah, one one goal against the Islanders, yeah. and it was into an empty net in yep. game one. Yep. Right? And and to me, when Bruce Cassidy is saying, you know, the supporting cast needs to needs to really look long and hard, right? Yep. Who are you talking about, right? That, to me, that's a guy. He was invisible in a lot of areas. Yeah, he was. And, and, and when you look at... Rask needs a contract and he's going for I don't surgery. Know how old he is too. Like to me, he's, he's well into 06 his six draft. So there you go. Oh, uh, six draft. So 15. Yeah. So he's well into his, into his mid thirties. Yep. Bergeron. Creechy is, is, I think Creechy's gone. If you want to keep Hall. I hear he's going to be a Senator. Oh, don't, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. I, I can't speak for the, for the thousands of stupid people out there. But anyways, I, I'm just saying it, their defense. Mm-hmm. It's McAvoy and the rest. And the guys. <laughs> yeah. And so, and, and it got tested, right? Big time. There yep. was injuries. And I'm not sure that Boston, like uh, if you're Toronto next year, you're licking your chops, salivating to have a, have a first round match against the Bruins oh, next how year. you do not understand Toronto fans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what are you going to do? Would you not have loved to see Tuka Rask the way he played this year? Yeah. Do you do you not want to see that? And and the depleted defensive core? Like to me, if you didn't have that perfection line step up, 
Like every night it was the same thing. Mm-hmm. Power play, power play, Marchand, Pasternak, Bergeron. Like it's just. Um, Bergeron's basically said, I'm going one year from now on, right? Like he, right. he knows. But it was on repeat, gonna... right? Yes. In terms of where are you getting the secondary scoring from? And the defense was like, to me, healthy this scratching is... Jake DeBrusque by the end of the. Uh, he's also going to be an Edmonton Oiler next year. I think he's going to be a, a Seattle uh, Kraken. Kraken? But, yeah. He won't Anyways, be in Boston anyway. No, he will not be. Yeah. But I'm thinking they are they are ready for the big. So it's not going to be the gradual slide. They're going off a cliff. You think? Uh, I, I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to commit yeah. to that. But I I think they're for sure they're in the four five spot next year. Now I predicted they wouldn't make the playoffs this year. Well, this world was a little different than <laughs> this was. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to be super interesting. Is in Montreal terms of how better than Boston next year? Or is that what you're saying? That's the race for fourth. Yeah. Well, and, and I want to see I want to see Florida when we get back to a, a real yeah without Chris Dreger holding off. <laughs> yeah, I just want to see what happens with Spencer Knight and Bobrovsky. Spencer and Knight's going to start next year, there, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, so. and you have a ten million dollar backup. Yes, you do. Um, but what happens with you know? Can Ekblad repeat? Can you? There's a bunch of guys down there who we go. I'm not sure this isn't lightning in a bottle versus long term success. So we'll wait and see what the Atlantic looks like again next year. But yeah. I think there's going to be some people who are disappointed when the lights come on. You go, oh, you look way better with the lights off, right? I, I think who hasn't been there a time or two. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about a who two, said that about you or who two, said that? Sure, man. <laughs> I'm a two at 10, but a 10 and two, man. That's yeah. me, man. Oh, That's... No, come on, man. For sure. You're not sure. a 10 and two. You're still only a six. A uh, solid nine, five, Matt. Come on, honestly. It's true, man. Yeah. A 10.2 on the Richter scale. That's uh that's all Matt. Uh, anything else we want to get to on this one, man? No, I, I think we, I think we've covered it all. Yeah. Plus some. Plus some. It's the name of the uh, store. I get my belts at. Come on, man. Love yourself. I do way too much of that. Uh, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> this show's way off the rails. Uh, this has been TCA number 841. We are on Twitter and Instagram at TallCanAudio. Facebook.com slash TallCanAudio. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you're listening right now because we've got more great stuff coming for you. We will see you next time on Talkin Audio. See ya. That was a hot mess inside a dumpster fire, inside a train wreck. It was a disgrace. Thanks for listening. You can get more TCA at TallCanAudio.com or by searching TallCanAudio on your favorite podcast app.